stuff at night. Uh, mine in the morning, and then then Code uh, had another session with us in the morning time. So you want to go back and listen to that, man? It'd be a blessing. But um, tonight uh, we're 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 we've obviously we got baptism going on, and uh, we'll get that done here in just a little bit. But we're gonna we're gonna take just a little while. Uh, we're gonna jump back into this whole idea of of a hurried life or trying to figure out how to learn, trying to learn how to rest in Jesus Christ. And uh, so we, 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 spent a lot, we spent a lot of time getting here, and, and, and it would be hard for me to set the scene, if you would, and go back and review everything. It would take me a whole night to kind of review. I think this is number six, five or six messages or so, so far. And so it would take a while, and, 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 and I've got a lot of good feedback from this thing. Um, I think our biggest problem is this idea of learning how to, how to draw ourselves away and understand that there is a place for us to get along with the Lord, and that's where God wants us to dwell. Now, now I, I want I want to say a couple of things. Uh, last week we started off with this idea of uh, we there was four basic things that we were going to look at practically to, that we could apply. Uh, two of them was silence and solitude. Silence and solitude, and we looked at those things last week, and we we looked at this idea of getting away uh, and getting to a place of silence and solitude. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus resorted or he went into a desert place a lot of times. And this idea of silence and solitude, it has, a, it has a multifaceted view to it. One is internal, internal silence and internal solitude. And then you've got external silence and external solitude. You say, why is that such a big deal? Well, we're always around noise. We're always, it seems like we're always on the go. We're always on the hustle. And a lot of times we completely stifle the voice of the Lord because there is no silence and there is no solitude in our life. And that's where we've got to get to a place to where, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, when, when, when we look at Jesus Christ fasting those 40 days, and then the devil coming to him and tempting him, a lot of us would say, well, the devil came to him and, and, and tempted him in his weakest point. Or, as a man, uh, that 40-day period of fasting, was that the strongest point of Jesus Christ's life? Now, we know he was hungry, but we, we understand this too, that there was a lot of strengthening that took place in the middle of that fasting. I want to say something, uh, a couple of things to you. Uh, before we get into this whole this whole idea, that there's a there's a there's a few really good things about Christianity. Wouldn't you say there's a few good things about Christianity? How many of you understand there's there's some good things about Christianity? If we just had to lay out a few good things about Christianity, how many of you understand that morals that that the moral compass overall of Christianity is a pretty good thing, right? Does that make sense? But the morality of Jesus uh, of of Christianity, we say the ethics of of Christianity is a, is a is a pretty good thing. Uh, the Bible teaches, uh, "Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay," right? So so we understand that there is decisiveness that can be taught from this idea of Christianity, uh, being decisive in who you are. But how about commitments? Making commitments and not faltering. 
on commitments. That, wouldn't you say that Christianity is a pretty good place to find that kind of stuff? What about promotion of, of, a, of a family? We're talking about promotion of a, of a family, a husband and a wife, and a husband and a wife raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You can find that in the Bible too, right? So under the umbrella of Christianity, you've got a, uh, this promotion or this idea of family. It, it's, it comes with the idea of one heterosexual male and one heterosexual female come together and, and they have children. And, and we all understand what month we're in and we don't have to... Uh, we, we don't have to get into all of that tonight, but we, we can say it goes against the climate of this age. Alright? It also promotes a really good uh, a really good environment for kids. This is a really good environment for kids. Like for the most part we, we kids love it around here. There's some things kids don't love uh, around here. But for the most part kids love it around here. And it's a really good environment for children. Why? Well, the umbrella of Christianity is that. Up under the, the guise of Christianity it is a, re, a really great kid environment. It's, it's a place that kids can come and for the most part they can be loved on and they can be nurtured and they can be taught and they can learn. And, and praise the Lord that we have that environment. Okay? But, but you realize that the main tenet, the main idea of all of it is not any of those things. And actually, every single ounce of those things that I just said are all useless. You say, well, they're all good things. Yeah, they are all good things if you're trying to build a good, a good United States of America. They're really good things if you're trying to build a home that looks really good. But they're all useless. I'll tell you, I, there's no way. Actually, if you look at it from this standpoint, the Christian life has no point. There's no point in having a good moral compass. Well, you should have a good moral compass. There's no point in having ethics. There's no point in making commitments and keeping those commitments. There's no point in having a promotion of family. There's no point in having a great kid environment. Well, it's just good things to do. Well, are we are we talking about good things? What what if I said the reason that most people never find any satisfaction in their relationship? with Jesus Christ is because they don't actually make time to have one. Why? Because being good moral people is not what God called us to. He didn't call us to make a real good place for kids to come. He didn't call us to one heterosexual male and one heterosexual female come together and have kids. That's not what God called us to. Well, what did He call us to? Well, the Bible says He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, that, well, that's people. Well, is it people? Or is it the very thing that was lost the day Adam and Eve chose to rebel? Well, what was lost that day? Well, Adam came, uh, God came to Adam and God came to Eve. And he says, Adam, where art thou? 
And Adam hid from God. For the first time, Adam hides from God. And every other time in the cool of the day, God would come to Adam and God would come to Eve and their fellowship could be had. But that is broken. In Genesis chapter number 3, that is broken. And now we have a substitute relationship that revolves around morality and ethics and commitments and promotion of family and a great kid environment. And it's actually all pointless. It's all useless. None of it makes any sense unless you're trying to build a good United States of America. Now, if you're talking about building a kingdom, that's a whole different ballgame. If you're talking about building the kingdom of God, then only and only then do we get to the place where we understand that the relationship we have is the only thing that matters. You see, I, I worry sometimes that me, myself, I get so caught up in the, in the side of things that, 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 that has nothing to do with my relationship with the Lord that, that I forget that at the end of the day, I got in this thing because I wanted a relationship with Jesus Christ. We... we, we briefly, not, not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before land. May I say, man, you, you, you don't realize how blessed you are. For those of you that don't come when I ain't here, shame on you. Because I'm going to say something. Charlie Light and Dylan Brown, they took the Word of God and they opened it this last week and both of them preached their hearts out. And, and Charlie's not, Charlie was I'm not I'm not no preacher. We'll say Charlie taught his heart out and, and you could tell it. That every ounce of what Charlie had in him was, was deep down in his heart. And God used him and God used Brother Dylan. And God done some great things in their preaching this last week. So praise the Lord for them. But I, 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 I want you to understand, I want you to understand that, that, that you and me, we have at this last Wednesday before last, there's this idea of, of what the Bible lays out as Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. Well, what, what is Sabbath? Well, the, the Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word uh, that literally means to stop. It literally means to stop. Now, I want you to look, uh, Brother Charlie, uh, go, go to those first verses, if you would. I, it should be under. Yeah, there we go. Mark chapter number. Mark chapter number 2 and verse 27, the Bible said, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Uh, therefore the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. Now why is, why is that such a big deal? Well, because uh, this idea where, where we are right now, I think we need to understand what it means to have a Sabbath rest, a, a time to where we actually stop. Now where did... Where did the Sabbath come from? Well, Genesis chapter number 2 uh, in verse number 2. Genesis chapter 2 in verse number 2. Uh, the Bible said, And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had made and rested on the seventh day from all of His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it He had rested from all His work which God created and made. Now, why would that be such a big deal? Well, how many of you understand? How many of you understand that that God don't get tired? God don't get tired. God God was not tired. And this idea, we we've got to come to the understanding 
that God was not tired. And yet God chose a place. God chose a place in time to tell man, all right, we are going to rest on this day. I'm going to cease from all of my labor on this day. And, and, and we're going to follow it up next this 20 here in just a minute. And then you are going to cease from all of your labor on a certain day. Now you say, is uh, now we're not going to get super legalistic with that, but we're trying to lay out a principle in the Bible that I gotta that we gotta make sure that we understand. All right, so there's there's three things in the Bible in the story of creation that God blessed. There's three things. Number one, God blessed the animal kingdom. Uh, he, 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 he said it, he blessed it and, and he said it was good. God blessed humanity when he made it. And then there's one more thing that God blessed. He blessed the Sabbath. He blessed the Sabbath. You say, why is that such a big deal? Well, I want you to think about it with me just for a minute. All three of these things have a life-giving power to them. Uh, the Sabbath, just like animals have a life-giving power and humans have a life-giving power, the Sabbath was created to, get to, to have the capacity to bring us new life. He said that the Sabbath day was holy. And not only uh, that, that the, the, the Sabbath day was holy, but he blessed the Sabbath day. I want you to look with me in Exodus 20 and verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day. Now, now when, you, when you see this, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's rather interesting uh, because, because there's nowhere else. Uh, all the other commandments, they, they're, they're, they're way shorter than this. And we all, we all believe that God, that God made words in our Bible and He did it for, for us to understand. Uh, but but it, when He uses more words, He's got more to say and, and therefore we've got to listen in on what He's saying about, those, about the certain things. So He says in Exodus 20 verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God and in it, Thou shalt, uh, in it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy, uh, nor thy stranger that is, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all, that is, uh, all, them, all in them is and rested the Sabbath day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Bible said that he blessed the seventh day and he hallowed the seventh day. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, the principle of the Sabbath is a, is a foundational aspect within God's law. It's a principle that God himself exemplified in the work of creation and then he, he just brings it over into our life. Now, why, why, do, we, why do we need to understand what the Sabbath is? Why do we need to understand? Well, but because God commands us to remember the Sabbath. He wants us to remember the Sabbath. Why? Well, because we're, we're always forgetting stuff. Because <laughs> it seems like we're always forgetting stuff. And, and, and not only that, but he said it's the Sabbath of the Lord. That, that, that means that it's the day that, that, that we worship, not not worship in the sense of a church service, not worship in the sense to where we're going to, uh, the, to church all day, but, but it's a day with your whole life oriented towards God. 
It's a day where your whole life is, is set up to the Lord. It, the, the Sabbath means more than, than just a day off. Uh, the Sabbath means more than just a day off. And at the same time, uh, there are times when we have a day off and, 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 and we do things that are light work that absolutely have nothing to do with, with, with ceasing from work or having a Sabbath. You say, why is this idea of having a Sabbath so big? Well, because the Sabbath was made for man. Does that make sense? The Sabbath was made for man. God in Genesis in the midst of creation said man is going to need to learn how to rest. That's why he says that, you, that you, you're not buying, you're not selling, you're not, you, you, you're not, you're not running around trying to you're, fill your mind with all, oh, well, I'm going to rest today. Are, are, are you really going to rest? Or are you going to fill your mind with all the stuff that has nothing to do with rest? It's a big deal. Me and Jordan have been talking about it, and I would say that it's one of the it's one of the more impactful things that me and her have have actually tried to enter into and get ourselves to a place to where we understand that this is a really big deal in our own lives. That 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 we've got to get to a place to where we are setting our heart toward the gratefulness towards gratefulness in recognition that God is good. Why? Because there is a lot of times we don't do that. This is where they are. This is this is who they are. They are are, are setting their heart towards remembering the goodness of God. Now, there's another time. There is another time uh, to where this understanding of of the Sabbath comes into play. Now, let me, let me kind of set the scene for you. Uh, this time, the Israelites, they're at the Jordan River. Uh, they've hit uh, 40 years, uh, they've hit a 40-year stump that they can't seem to plow around. You know what, you know what, the 40-year wilderness journey? And uh, they, they, they're, in, they're in 40 years because people are complaining and the lack of faith in that older generation and, and, and what happens, uh, many of them, they were not around at that, that Mount Sinai experience when, when Moses gave that law. So what happens in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy just literally, it's, Deuteronomy is a reissuing of the law. That's all Deuteronomy is. It's re-upping on the law, okay? So they reissue the law, they reissue the commandments, and you're going to notice there is a slight difference in the, in, in, in the way he goes about talking about the Sabbath day in Deuteronomy chapter number 5 versus how he talked about it in Exodus chapter number 20. Look, look, look at it. Exodus chapter number 5 and verse number 12. I think I got, yeah, I got that on the screen. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work, nor thy son, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, uh, nor thy man serves, nor thy maid service, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy, uh, that 
thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember, now now verse 15, get, get, keep, get, get, get in with me right here. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath. Now, here's, here's the difference. In, in Exodus chapter number 20, it was remember. Remember the Sabbath. Now it's keep or observe the Sabbath. So it's, it, it's almost like, you know what we keep, what you and I keep and observe every year? Not, not most of us. We keep or observe Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right? Every year, for the most part, most of us, and we're, we're you know what we are? We're really intentional about that. We're super intentional. I mean, Thanksgiving is like my favorite time of the year. I mean, outside the food, uh, I really like Thanksgiving. And food's got a big deal to do with it. But, but it's part of me remembering, uh, keeping uh, and observing that holiday. I, I mean, I, I, I really like that whole thing. And I'm really intentional about it. How many of you know there's a lot of planning that goes into Thanksgiving and Christmas? The idea of celebrating, and the idea here is something like celebrating Thanksgiving every week minus all the family drama. Y'all don't have no family drama. So, so minus all the cray-crazy in your life, here it is. You, you plan to set aside a time every week of Thanksgiving. Now, now, now the, the command doesn't just start with a little different wording. It ends also with a radically, with, with radically in, a, in a radical way, a, a whole different verse. He says, and remember when thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. Now Moses is referencing uh, the time they spent in Egypt as slaves. Why? Well, because the Exodus, in Exodus the Sabbath was commanded and was based around the creation account and God's example for man's benefit. Remember, the Sabbath was, was for man's benefit. But now in Deuteronomy, Moses gave them a whole new reason to observe the Sabbath and it's rooted in them being brought from bondage out from under the ruler named Pharaoh. So now they understand their, their, their observance is not based around God's benefit of man in, in creation, God giving man this Sabbath in creation. No, no, no. Now it's based around man being freed from underneath the rule of Pharaoh. Now Egypt, we know, and, and I, it's probably elementary for a while, but Egypt's the top of the world. Uh, uh, the, the Pharaoh is a type of Satan and we understand that, that this whole society we live in Satan included and the ruler of, of this world the, the, the prince of this world the prince of the power there is doing everything he can to keep us pulled underneath the power of this world now let me ask you a question Don't you think that this world, the longer we stay in it, it's funny, we, we uh, me and Shane, we were little, 
you used to, these old four-wheelers used to be able to, especially go-karts, old go-karts had governors on them back in the day. And if you ever figured out how to monkey with them governors, you could almost tear them things off and couldn't nobody put them back on. And they'd put them governors on us, they put them governors on our go-karts to keep us from, uh, and we could only go a certain speed based on where they set the screw at. Same thing with a four-wheeler. I had a four-wheeler and I could only, that, that, that little, uh, little thumb piece right there, throttle on your thumb, it, it, if they set the screw in far enough, it would only go so fast. And I remember figuring out one day, I got a monkey around by there and figured out, man, this all you need is a screwdriver. And you could twist that thing out and just throw the screw away. You could zip tie the governor, just slap open, and you didn't ever have to worry about it on a go-kart ever again. You know what I you know what I've realized? The world that we came out of, the world that God saved us out of, out from under the wickedness of Pharaoh, Satan has put a governor on our life. And we don't operate in the realm of what we've been saved to. We operate in the realm of what we were saved out of. We operate in the speed of life that's been set by Pharaoh and that has been set by the world. It's been set by Egypt. But God brought us out of that. And so what God wants us to understand in Deuteronomy is that God has brought us out of that and God wants us to see that Thankfulness for being brought out of that will keep us from going back into that pace of life. You say, how do you know that? Well, it's hard to set aside time every single week to actually have rest and be thankful for God bringing you out of Egypt and bringing you into Canaan land. And you still live underneath the governor that the world puts on you. You see, all this, I'll go back to what I said to start with. All of this is pointless if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know why anybody would come to church, it's stupid. Why? Well, because if you, you know, the thing about the New Testament is you get sealed with the, it ain't fair. I'm not saying it's fair. You get sealed with the earnest of the Spirit one time. And there's a spiritual circumcision that takes place. And God cuts away the flesh from your soul. And you are set apart by the Spirit of God. You are sealed under the day of redemption. I'm not saying that's a fair thing. Because you can... Now, you know what? You can live however the heck you want to live. Now, I'm going to question people saved or not. And that, hey, listen, that ain't, you know, that's when you and the Lord. But the fact remains that you can still be saved and live like, like you did in Egypt. All right? I wouldn't want to go to church either. If I didn't want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of it is pointless. Without that time. There's a thing in Egypt. They had what you call. They built. As soon as this crew comes over. I'm stopping. I promise. 
As soon as I see Dylan let these, these, the, as Pharaoh, let the children go, I will stop, I promise. But, but they had, they had uh, in the nation of Israel, uh, they, they had built, they had built what's called store, uh, store cities. And in, this, in these store cities, they were actually just built to accumulate all the extra stuff that they had. They had all the wealth. They had all the technology that this world had to offer in history. It, it, man, it, it, hey, listen, there's nothing like what was going on in Egypt. I mean, so much so that they had to build cities to hold all of their junk. Jo Jordan, the older she gets, she's going to need a store city one of these days. She's turning into a hoarder. I ain't sure what's happened to her. She used to be the old gal, throw everything I owned away. Now, don't eat, don't even. She's, listen, we went and got some stuff. We, I'll tell a little story on her. We went and got some stuff from my old house. Stuff I didn't even want. And she's like, oh, no, put it on there. What are we going to do with it? I don't know. Exactly what she said. God's going to I don't know. You know where it's sitting right now? sitting in the woods. It's in the woods. Like, that's, that's hoarder tendencies. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like hoarder tendency kind of stuff. For, for real, they, they built store cities, and, 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 and they actually, they were so morally bankrupt that they had whole segments of their population enslaved. enslaved to fill in those store cities. Now, now if, that, if that doesn't sound like America, I've never heard it. You know what America's done? It has enslaved itself to getting stuff to put in, store, in their own store cities. God wants us to understand that this idea of the Sabbath to rest, to stop, is not a legalistic rule. It's a life-giving pattern. It's actually what Jesus Christ gave us. It's actually, it's actually an understanding. It's not, it shouldn't be weird. It should be normal. It should be normal that, that we set, that we, we're able to, to get up in the morning and open our Bibles and let Jesus Christ speak to us. It should be normal that we can go to bed at night. Rhett, Rhett was asking me the other day, hey, when, when do you read your Bible? I, I don't know. Like, most of the time I read it in the morning. Claire and Sarah Jo, uh, they read theirs at nighttime. Theirs is usually laying on their bed ready to go at nighttime. I usually read mine in the morning. He said, well, I'm just wondering when you read yours. I think I'm going to start reading mine then. I, 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 he's he's kind of getting in tune with when, and look, there's no legalistic rule to that. 
But it should be normal that we take some time apart to get ourselves in line with where Jesus... Why? Well, because, it, man, it brings rest to us. The silence and the solitude, they bring rest to us. It's not, it's not a weird thing. It's a normal thing. It was a normal Christian thing for that kind of idea of rest and silence and solitude. And, and it comes to our life. Why? Well, because our heart is fixed towards being gratifying to the Lord for bringing us out of this world. Now, you say, I don't want to do any of that. We don't have to. I just, I, I, I really think that we might ought to consider the fact that we could be, and I've been saying it, that we could be too busy. That this hurried life that we live, you say, well, I, I got to live this, I got to live that, I got to give my kids a better life than what I had. Listen, my, my kids, um, fortunately, they have been raised in a good place. Um, they, don't have, they don't have everything everybody else has got. They, they, there's a lot of kids that's got a lot more than they do. And Hey, listen, they're all good with that. We give them what we can. Uh, but I don't know. The, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that buy their kids a lot of stuff these days. They got more debt than they have anything. And I just wonder if, if maybe God wants us to put down all of the things, all of the iPads, all the cell phones, all the TVs. I mean, cut the cord on all that stuff and just get zeroed back in on our kids. Get zeroed back in our homes. Get zeroed back in on the things that matter. Why? Because slowing down, getting back to a thing to where we can talk to each other face to face, that's a big deal, right? So, I want to pray. And uh, we still got a couple of more left on these on Wednesday night. So, uh, at least two, maybe three. So, uh, so let, let's just ask the Lord. Lord, what are you trying to do to me? And what are you trying to show me in this whole thing? All right? Let's pray. Lord. Uh, thank you so much for being good to us and faithful to us. And thank you for being gracious in all that you do. Lord, I pray uh, that you bless this time. Uh, Lord, I just can't, I can't say thank you enough for, for what you're doing in my own family. God, what, what you're doing uh, with my nieces and my nephews. And, and God, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for what you're doing in their heart. Uh, Lord, thank you for... Thank you for giving them a heart for, for you and letting them see that, uh, Lord, that they can serve Jesus and they can love him and, and have a real relationship with him. Lord, I pray that you bless tonight. I pray, God, that you're honored by what we do. And uh, in, in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, Y'all got to quit all that stupid snapping. Here's, here, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, Lennon and Hutt, do y'all need to change? Do y'all need to change out of what you're in right now? That's a question. Oh, you do? You need to change too? Oh, you don't need to change. All right. Well, go 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 change, Hutt. If you're gonna change, huh? Okay. 